how important are men? Find out on today's episode of Unique on Purpose. Thank you for joining me for episode 43 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Jenneman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today, husband, father, podcaster, and pastor, Kenny Cheeseman, shares with us his passion to see men fully become who God created them to be, hear how he is using his growing up years to help shape his future, not just for his family, but for the men he is discipling. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. We are traveling all the way to Arizona to meet Kenny Cheeseman. And Kenny, that is your real name. And (laughs) I'm sure you you get questioned that a lot, don't you? Cheeseman. Oh, absolutely. Is it Cheeseman or Cheeseman? Cheese man, and I completely embrace it. I, I have actually my, my 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 username on pretty much every platform possible is God's cheesiest, uh-huh. and uh, I love it. When I when I order pizza, they're like, and I say cheese man, they don't believe me, so I'm gonna pull my ID out. <laughs> and most people are like, that is such a fun last name. And it I'm like, is. I agree. Thank you so much. But like, it fits your personality. It totally fits yes, your personality. Absolutely. And don't you call your family like the cheesiest family, something like that? Yes, yes. My kids are the mini cheesies, and we have we have we have a YouTube channel and different stuff that we do together as a family, and and we call all of our stuff Adventures of Team Cheesy. And so Team you know cheesy. anything we do is we add it to the Adventures of Team Cheesy. Okay, now I remember one adventure, and it totally creeped me out and made me think I never want to move to Arizona and that was you took your kids yes you took your kids scorpion hunting what is that okay what the heck okay so I mean I just remember seeing that they lit up with black lights which one is entirely creepy it's it's yes and because I live in the desert they are literally everywhere um and and my wife who can't stand them Basically, it's like, you guys can go on an adventure of them. Just make sure you kill them and keep them nowhere near our property. Yes. So we, we go out and hunt them. The kids have a blast. It's it's super fun to find at dark. Cause How they, is that they just fun? Use a black like... light, and they, and they light it up. I, I don't know. It's, oh, my word. It's not fun. Now, now what's, what's not fun is some of the other critters Arizona has, oh. like giant wolf spiders and black widows and tarantulas just crawling around. So some of that is not super exciting. But, uh, yeah, I don't go hunting them. I'm terrified. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's That's, on your YouTube channel, right? Yes, so we've done a couple of that. And then a lot of, I think a lot of our stuff we post on just our Facebook channels. Okay. Facebook show. All right. Well, this is Kenny Cheeseman. Cheese man. He is a husband, father, children's pastor. And how we met is through children's Mm -hmm. pastoring because you used to children's pastor here in Michigan. And and so did I. And so then we were able to connect that way through different district functions. But then you moved out to Arizona. And isn't that where you are originally from? Or weren't you raised in Arizona? Yeah, so I... I, that's exactly right. I was raised in Arizona. I moved here when I was uh, six, and I left when I was 16, mm-hmm. and now I'm back. So all of my elementary years and part of high school years is all right here in Arizona. Okay. Well, I had you on the show today because, I mean, it's pretty obvious from your social media that you seem very passionate about reaching men 
to help them with their greatest purpose in Christ. And we live in a culture right now where you hear it all the time on the news that there's this war on women in I believe there is a war on women, but not the war that the world says that we're in. It's a war that from Satan. But what, what the world and even the church, I think, we're not addressing is I truly believe that we have a war on our men and a war on our boys. And as yeah. we are getting closer to Father's Day, I really want to talk about the uniqueness of men and the importance of men, importance of fathers in our culture. So what exactly is it? that stirred up that passion to want to see men live out their unique purpose as men in Christ? Uh, That's a great question, Rachel. You know, I actually was raised by a single dad. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's kind of how it all started is, you know, now at 33, I've got a healthy marriage. Um, I've got healthy relationships that help our marriage and help our family dynamics. My dad never had any of that. Mm -hmm. He didn't have, he didn't have a partner. He didn't have healthy relationships. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have any support. And 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 it was just an un, a really an unhealthy growth. So we grew up with some emotional abuse and some and some and like some different neglects in some areas just because he didn't he didn't know what to do. Yeah. He didn't have people. He didn't have resources. And and I believe that if my dad just had just one person that came into his life and called him up. Hmm. Instead of feeling shame and feeling condemned and feeling less than because he couldn't, he, he, he didn't make very much. He couldn't provide very much. He couldn't do all the things he wanted to do as I believe most healthy dads want to do for their children. Mm-hmm. My dad wanted to do all those things and he, he really couldn't do any of that. And so, you know, living really above or below the poverty line and, and, and just struggled to make ends meet. I just, as I grew up, I grew up like really thinking, I want to help other men not do that. Mm. Um, if I can help, if I can help one dad, one guy, just see the value in in asking for help, yeah. see the value in accepting resources and and finding community and believing the best that ultimately, I mean, as a Christian, that I believe God has called us to be as men, mm-hmm. and we settle, we we just. You know, I, I I just did a podcast recently. And I talked about being being in the dip and being in the valley. Sometimes, like it's you're going to go there, but we can't stay there. Yeah. And my pastor says isolation is the devil's playground, and mm-hmm. too many men get stuck in isolation and never get out. My my dad was a product of that, and he he did his best with what he had, and honestly, his best wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. But it was what he could do. Now, you said and, community. Uh, like, did you not have a community? Were you not raised in the church? Yeah, so my dad was like one of, the, one of the great things my dad did. Here's kind of the example. Okay. Oftentimes, he would drop us off at church. Mm. And because he was wrestling with his own internal spiritual battle with the Lord, he, I mean, we would go to church together. He, was, he loved the Lord. But he knew, really, that, and I remember him saying this early, you know, if the Lord get captures your heart, that's all that matters. Mm. And and that's really like he set that example. And that's really what happened. We found as children, we found community in the church. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I became a pastor because my favorite place to be was at church. Mm-hmm. My favorite people were at church. 
there were my friends were at church, my community, like everyone was there, but my dad was always isolated in it. He never fully embraced it. He was very much like, do what I say, don't do what I do. I've got to figure out my own story, but you guys, you need to be here. You need to stay connected. So I went to youth camps. I went to church functions. I was at all of it. Mm-hmm. In fact, like ground grounding for me as a kid was not being allowed to go to church. <laughs> that was but mine too. Mine I too. <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah. I just didn't care about anything else. And that's, yeah. that was the biggest, you know, and I would lose it. No, you're going to keep me from the Lord. And I just like, I, you know, and, and now I'm a dad doing that same thing. So yeah. I, I'm like, here, I'll go to church. And and so that was kind of it. Like I, me, my sister, and my brother, we found those relationships, but my dad never did. Is... And I don't know that it's for lack of people not trying so much as he was stuck in his own mental battle and struggles. But do you think a part of that maybe was shame? He was ashamed to go to church because he was oh. a single dad? I, I would absolutely agree with that. Another part of that is, and, and this is just part of you know men, mental health, is my dad um, had a brain injury when he was a teenager, and um, it really affected his ability for like cognitive behavior in some areas. Mm-hmm. And so, if anyone if anyone disagreed with him, it was immediate. Like I don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if and he just he couldn't really address some of those things and didn't know how to. So it was easier to just not be a part, mm-hmm. but he tried to get us involved. He tried to keep us connected. He tried to, he did that part very well. It was, it was him, you know, and at 58, mm-hmm. almost 60 now, he doesn't have a friend. He doesn't have, I don't think he has a friend in the world. He doesn't, it's just him. Mm-hmm. He works, goes home, reads his Bible, watches some old TV shows and repeats it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and to me, that's just like, oh, there's so much more. Yeah. There are other men, dad, and there's other, like, there's a purpose for you. And there's, right. you've got so much, like, his whole purpose as a, as, as a young dad was to raise us. Mm-hmm. And that was, yeah, my only job as a dad is to raise you, provide for you. And now, like, he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. But, man, he found his identity in the wrong thing. Yeah. And. And and too many men do that exact same thing. We find our identity in our work. We mm-hmm. find our identity in what we do and not who God's created us to be. And I think part of my passion is to really help other men not get trapped in the identity of your what and more of the identity of who Christ has crafted you to be. So may I ask what happened to your biological mother? Yeah, so my mom and dad got divorced when I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, my My mother... Short version has made some very poor decisions mm-hmm. that caused caused my mom it caused them to divorce, mm-hmm. and my dad, in um, in the best interest of us children, decided that the best thing to do was to get us around people that were positive mm-hmm. in our life, mm-hmm. and so he moved us. We used to actually actually born in Florida, and then we went from Florida to Tennessee to eventually Arizona, and the reason we landed in Arizona was because of my aunt, uh, my dad's sister. Mm-hmm. And they've got, I mean, they're, they're, they're close-ish. They were closer when we were kids than they are now. Mm-hmm. But she was the single greatest spiritual influence in my life mm. of anyone, anyone to date. Mm-hmm. And it was because she was consistent. She was there. She was present. Mm-hmm. And she prayed. Mm. She didn't just say it. She showed it. Mm. She showed us love. 
She showed us a healthy marriage. She showed us what healthy parenting looks like. She showed us like, I mean, it was, that was our single greatest example. And, and my dad knew that was a great thing for us. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, he was right. He Mm -hmm. was right. My aunt was a substantial part of our lives growing up as kids. And even now, like I'm still super close to my aunt and I named my oldest daughter after her. And so like, it's just, she, yeah. So that was why we ended up in Arizona. But today, you know, my mom continued to make some of those same decisions over time. And I have a relationship with her and we're close, you know, ish, Ish. but yeah, I mean, yeah. So we're close-ish, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, she lives, she lives in Indiana. I live here. Mm-hmm. We talk most weeks, but it's, it's, you know, I don't think I'll ever have the mother, son, father, son relationship that if I'm being honest, I truly desire. Yeah. But God, God has put other people in my life mm-hmm. to meet that. And fulfill that. And I think that's something that as Christians, we don't necessarily think about that. Some of us, yes, we're called to be physical moms and dads, but we're also called to be spiritual moms and dads. And God is going to put people in our lives that we need to spiritually mother and spiritually father. And I love that even though you didn't necessarily have the biological mom and dad that poured into you the way you would have maybe have liked you are turning around and changing your legacy and doing that for your own kids to be the dad that you need to be so all of this that you went through as a kid is that what led you to start your greater man podcast yes it is i i uh so the passion my passion for like men dads like all of that has been around for a long time and so really for the last several years honestly it's been kind of a, a tug in my heart and, I, you know, I've been in kids' ministry now for 14 years. And over the last few years, this, this desire to be more involved with a men's component and really being a gatherer of men and, and pouring into men, I, I've kind of just sat on it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've got my friend relationships. I'm in a men's group. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do men's conference stuff when, when and if I'm ever asked to be a part of that stuff. You know, and I'm just kind of like, Lord, whenever you're ready, mm-hmm. um, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I've just kind of done nothing. And then I remember last year I was praying about it, almost kind of like kind of upset with the Lord. Like, when are you going to do something about this? Mm-hmm. And and I just felt in my spirit, God say, like, when are you? you know, <laughs> right. like, and I'm like, uh, you know, and it's just one of those like gut, gut checks. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? And that's kind of how and why in January I was like, I need to do something to just add value and so, you know, I, I've got a men's group here at my church. I'm a part of our men's ministry and organization. We're working on planning a men's conference. I just took a group of men to a conference in Las Vegas area a month ago just because I'm, again, I'm passionate about gathering men to become the greatest version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we do that alone. Yeah. Um, I don't think we do that alone. I think we need other men. We need each other. And, and we need a healthy relationship with the Lord to become that. That's what started my desire to do something is I just needed something to just say, I'm going to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I want to write a book on fatherhood and being a dad. And, you know, and so I have to start somewhere. Right. And you always got to start small. A podcast and con- content is, is how I started. Right. Now, as a children's pastor and working with boys and also working with men in the men's ministry, do you see that masculinity is under attack in the Western world? 
Uh, absolutely. I feel, well, honestly, everyone is under attack at this point. When it comes yeah, to the right, world. right, 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 right. Uh, both, both roles everywhere, you know, you know, masculinity, like textbook definition, right, is what defined as, you, you know, whatever the roles, behaviors, and attributes that are considered appropriate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what is appropriate for the longest time, depending on your cultural background, this was appropriate and mm-hmm. and this was appropriate. But I, yeah, I would agree that overall we are, you know, culture or society, the woke, whatever you want to call it, you know, is trying to water down, I believe, just some of the great characteristics of masculinity mm-hmm. and saying that anything, anything that is masculine by design or by nature is a bad thing, mm-hmm. which isn't, it's, that's not true. Like there's some great traits of masculinity and there are some really bad ones that if if that becomes a sole focus becomes toxic it becomes unhealthy mm-hmm. becomes negative but i mean the bible speaks on all that stuff so it's i think yeah i would agree we are under attack in many aspects of it yeah. so when you say that there's masculine character traits what are those because i think i think not just in the world but in the church we might have this warped idea of what masculinity means i think we might have this idea that well masculinity means you go out into the woods and you kill a bear with your own hands Mm. when masculinity can be playing the piano i mean king david played worship music at (laughs) at the feet of king saul i mean there's different types of masculinity so when you say masculine traits what do you mean by that yeah so i think you hit a um a pretty specific topic on that because masculinity isn't one i mean it's a multiple thing to I me mean, uh, i'll say i think boys have suffered from the the cultural side of that even today mm-hmm. over time you know i think it's been typically competitiveness risk taking the daringness we're loud so on and so forth it wasn't always a bad thing you know it was i, I mean it was all oh, they're just being boys mm-hmm. like that that kind of mentality but some of those traits now are being listed, are, I, I think are being labeled as inappropriate, they're toxic. I think ultimately Jesus was the greatest example of masculinity yeah. because he wasn't categorized in one specific thing. Mm. Did G- Jesus, I mean, was willing to chase crooks out of the temple with a whip. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, to me, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. I don't know that, I think I'm a tough dude. I don't know that I would ever do that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not built like that. I think I'd get laughed at. Like, that's just me. But, like, that's just that's just the truth. Now, I love camping in the woods. I mm-hmm. like the outdoors. I don't know that I'd take on a bear, necessarily. <laughs> um, I would I would want somebody a little more skilled in that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, also, I also like theater. You know, I like singing and dancing and acting. Mm-hmm. So, like, is that... Is that not masculine? Right. I don't think it's not not masculine. Right. I think that it's it's a gift mm-hmm. that God's given me, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and I'm still, I still love. You know, I think we we confuse masculinity with maleness, mm-hmm. and and there's different. I'm a male that likes these things, mm-hmm. but I think Christ ultimately set the greatest example. I mean, he cared for the need of others. He was compassionate. He was sensitive. Mm-hmm. He had forgiveness. He was humble with humility, and and he exhibited bravery. Mm-hmm. He he was he confronted things with righteousness, not with anger and an attitude. And so, anything focused too much into one aspect is when it becomes 
I think to- toxic, and that's kind of where I think this misuse of toxic can even come from. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. Does that, does that kind of make sense? No. That's kind of where I would come from. Yeah, that. no, and I get what you're saying. And earlier you had said it really kind of depends on your location, too, because depending on where you're at, there are some men that are the type that are stereotypical and like to control things. And then you have oh, the other side, yes. depending on what location you are in the Western world, that are going more woke and are completely getting rid of their masculinity. And what I find, what I find, I don't know if humorous is the right word, but for a long time, we were women were trying to be feminists and we're angry at men for their certain characteristics. And now we're in 2022 and there's a lot of women going, well, where are all the good men at? And it's like, well, you told them oh, to stop being men. And in men. yeah, and in the eighties and the nineties, we mm. we pushed sex so much, and that the government will take care of you. You don't need a man. And now we have mm. a society filled with single women wow. going. I am struggling right now. Like I can't because we told men, well, we don't need you. I mean, is that something that you see too? I I think at least in my in in my sphere of influence I don't see a whole lot of that mm-hmm. I think that if I'm watching media and different stuff and I at least in the church world I don't see a whole lot of that mm-hmm. at least in my perspective I think ultimately it comes with a healthy understanding of both roles mm-hmm. and that God has created us to be together mm-hmm. in many aspects. I mean, that Adam and Eve from the beginning. But, I mean, Paul goes on to say, like, hey, if you're not called to this, then don't do it. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And my sphere isn't not so much that that I've, I've experienced any of that. Mm-hmm. But I would agree that that is definitely prevalent mm-hmm. and active in a lot of maybe even middle, upper class communities where they have found great success and don't need someone else. But again, that's where they're wrong. I mean, it's still a great partnership when it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Even if, I think one of my best friends, you know, he's a stay-at-home dad. And he has been criticized. He has been made fun of. He has been judged and condemned because, dude, that's like, that's not your job. Like, I think that's the wrong approach. Mm. No, that's his, that's his gift. Mm. And the greatest thing he could give his family is to be the best version of himself. And if the best version of himself is to be a stay-at-home dad and his wife is gifted and suited to to do what she does in the mm-hmm. business world yeah. and she's successful in it, mm-hmm. that doesn't make him any less of a man mm-hmm. or any less masculine. It doesn't make her any more masculine. Yeah. It's, it's their healthy dynamic that they have found in their relationship that works. Mm-hmm. And... Does that, does that help? Yeah. I mean, when we're married, we're, we're partners. We're, we're supposed Absolutely. to help each other out. And there are seasons where, man, the wife doesn't work because she stays at home and the husband's the breadwinner. And then maybe she goes on to work later in life. And then there are times when the husband says, man, I need to go back to school. And so he quits his job and the wife is the breadwinner yep. making it. So it's a partnership and it's just what you do together. Absolutely. So I think Absolutely. that I personally am seeing and maybe I'm just in media too much, watching media too much. But I do feel that there is this attack on masculinity, but also an attack on fatherhood. And we've seen it since really the 90s when you watch any sitcom the dad is dumb and slapstick and just stupid. And I think that's affected how we see dads. I don't know. What do you think? Absolutely. 
I would 100 percent agree with that. I mean, I, I, you, I don't know if you can watch. I don't know if I can. I don't know if you can watch a certain major corporation's TV shows and not see a dad that's not categorized as silly, uninterested, a goofball. Is you know, and and mom is the only one they can go to. Mm-hmm. They they can't they can't trust dad with anything. And that's that's that that is a mischaracterization. That's a misrepresentation. That's not fair. And then I, I think part of the whole fatherhood aspect is that we've had a generation of fatherless. Mm-hmm. And that, too, has also affected. So I think some of those categorizations might come from just men honestly didn't do a good job at raising up other men mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a bunch of men who don't have any idea what they're doing, mm-hmm. at least when it comes to fatherhood. And so they're either they're going to they're going to either pour everything into what they do and miss out on what I believe is the single greatest aspect of my, of my walk is being a dad. I love being a dad and, and, and not be present. And so they're just disengaged. They're not there. And so they're categorized as these things, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunately true in some cases, but yeah, I'd agree. Fatherhood is definitely misrepresented in the media and oftentimes it's, I don't know that it's, it's a fair assessment, especially for the ones that are doing it right. Do you think that we've put so much in our culture pressure on boys and men to have a certain type of masculinity that maybe the pressure was too much and then they just kind of said no to being a dad or they weren't present as a dad because of that? Or do you think it's more of the influence of, not having men above them to raise them up? Uh, it's probably a combination of both, mm-hmm. in, in my perspective. It's a, it's a little bit of both. The pressures of falling into a certain space. Again, I think some of that comes with cultural backgrounds. Every culture would view, I think, being a man a little differently mm-hmm. in in the role and what they're supposed to do and how they do it. And if they waver from that, that's going to create tension and pressure and then maybe a desire to flee Mm. again. And that comes out of unhealth. Like I can't be that I'm not that. So I'm going to go just do something completely different and I'm going to run away. I'm going to avoid it. I'm not going to be that at all. Mm -hmm. And so there, I think pressure does that. The other part, and I think pressure leads into this is if dads and father, if fathers did it, did it in a healthy manner, they're going to raise, or even mothers, like if we, if, if we're doing it in a healthy manner, we're creating space and a healthy environment to release the pressure. Mm. Children in general have far too much pressure these days than ever before. Mm-hmm. They're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders simply because they can read all of the world's problems at their fingertips. Right. And they feel it's, it's their responsibility to somehow fix it when it's not just be a kid, yeah. just be you. And, and as a dad, like I don't need to think about the other millions of children i really need to think about my three Mm -hmm. and knowing that they're all three completely different and am i creating safe spaces for them to talk be open share their hurts share their share their questions share their instead of like teaching my boys guys we don't share these things we don't talk about it we don't cry listen i mean i cry in front of my kids all the time Mm -hmm. i i but i'm also emotional that's okay it's part of my it's part of me right doesn't make you less of a you know and (laughs) No, and, and my two boys are so different. 
Mm-hmm. One is more artsy and like an engineer mind. The other one is 100%. Let me go to the woods right now, kill a bear. And, and like, he's a protector. He is this, and he's the, he's the youngest. Like if I needed somebody to protect me, I might go to my four-year-old. Cause he'd probably do it. <laughs> right. I've got one Meanwhile, of those. Meanwhile, my, my eight-year-old is probably not going to do that. Yeah. He's, he's going to go hide somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I might, I might be in the middle. Like I'm in the middle there. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it out and figure it out. But if we did a better job at creating an environment where we can just not be afraid to share mm-hmm. and not be afraid to talk and teach men that it's okay to talk about stuff mm-hmm. and it's okay to share emotions and to express these things, it's when we because of pressure, like I think the pressure of not sharing emotions and we, we have to be tough and we have to, that's a pressure. Like you're, you're pressured into being a certain type. Mm. That's, that is toxic. Yeah. That is not good. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Je- Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't go to anyone and say, listen guys, I know you feel that, but you need to stop. Yeah. No, he was sensitive. He was open. He was caring. He set the example of how we're supposed to treat it. But we need to do a better job of creating a space where it's okay. Mm -hmm. Speak to, we live in a very over-sexualized culture, and it's been that way since the sexual revolution of the 70s, the 60s and the 70s. Oh, my gosh. And it's as if now our culture's mad at boys and men. Like we've over-sexualized them and then we're upset when they do something sexual that they're not supposed to. Uh, mm. <laughs> like, so yeah. speak to that for me in your experience with working with men. Oh my goodness. Um, man, what a question. And I'm not even sure how to even fully answer it. I, know, I, I didn't say... prepare you for that. It was just something off the no, top of that's... my head. No, that's that's a great question. So I'm I'm kind of here sitting on it. I, I will say this because this is actually an area in which I I work with a lot of men with, mm-hmm. and and though I can't speak from the perspective of, um, I'll, I'll do this. I'll, I'll say this. So in my wife, right before we got married, we created a space where we could talk about some of those things. Mm-hmm. She didn't go into our relationship thinking that her husband, her future husband was perfect. Mm -hmm. She had some healthy perspective on some things I might have dealt with, Mm -hmm. knowing how I grew up, the people I was around, and some of that stuff. And when we went into our marriage, she created a safe space to talk about it. Mm -hmm. She never judged me. She never, like, condemned me. And through that, not only did I overcome at at an early age, but... I never felt like I was wrong for it. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin, and I think this over-sexualization that sin, that men have fallen into, this will get better if more men didn't feel like they were the only ones dealing with it, mm. and that that as a as a I think as a man community, we created a an aspect of. Um, I, I tell people this. I have a lot of people who like want to keep uh, accountability, right? And and too often, too many men treat accountability like confession. Mm. And accountability is not con- accountability is not confession. Confession is what you do after you've done it. Accountability oh. is, hey, I, I'm having some thoughts. And men, would you pray with me? I I wanna, I wanna stop these things. I don't want to fall to sin. 
I don't want to do these things. And instead, the pressure of being open and what will they think and what if what if I'm judged? And I mean, that's that's shame. That's condemnation. Again, that's not who we are in Christ. If if more men just got that, it's a sin issue, mm-hmm. and we can get freedom from that mm-hmm. if we helped each other out. And again, I, I teach men like accountability is not confession. Mm-hmm. So create a safe place for accountability and you, you won't have to confess anything because you never got there. And I don't know, that, that's kind of where I'm would about my approach would be is, is really just creating healthier spaces to have, to have conversation mm-hmm. because it's always there. It's all around every man's, every, every boy's perspective is different every childhood, every child being raised, it's too easily accessible. Yes. I mean, I've got eight-year-olds dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just too young. That's right. Just, oh, Lord help my eight-year-old, you know? And, like, it's... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, with, you know, your wife saying, hey, let's ha- let's create this safe space to be able to talk about it, it's also important to be able to talk to our children about it, both of our boys yeah. and our girls, because... I'm sh- I, I guess as a children's pastor, I was shocked at those that were not having those types of conversations with their children. I guess for me, because I didn't grow up in the church, I wanted to make sure that my kids were prepared before they yeah, you know they leave the house. And so seeing that there are a lot of people out there that are not uh, having those conversations with their kids. I watched a TED talk a while back and it was about a guy who was addicted to pornography. And he said that you kind of get two responses. If you confess to a group of people and you say, hey, I have an addiction to pornography. You're, the one response is going to be, well, so what? Why is that wrong? And then the other response yep. is going to be, ew, you're a pervert. But yet if I stood up and I said, hey, everybody, I have a heroin addiction and I want to get set free. Everyone would say, good for you for standing up and saying that you want to get set free. But there's a shame when it comes to men in sexual sin because they're looked upon as perverts. But really, what was a gift that was put inside of them was twisted. And (laughs) now we need to help them fix it. I love the fact that you said your wife gave you the space and you were able to talk about it. Speak to all women. Speak to all women right now how we as half of the population can help men to be who they were created to be. Because like I said, I do believe that there is a a war on women from Satan, but there is a war on our boys and our men. And us as women, what can we do? Yeah, you know, I actually, I, I talk to my wife about this often because we, you know, we're trying to do the same thing with our two boys and, and my oldest is a daughter. But I, some of the things I think my wife has done a great job is, is she's embraced the masculinity of the men in her life, mm-hmm. right? So, and again, we're all, all three of us are so different, but she's done a great job at celebrating those differences, affirming us in those differences. So, I mean, I would say, man, em, embrace it celebrate the men in your life for who God's created them to be with the things that they love to do. Mm-hmm. My youngest is a, I mean, he at, at two years old, I mean, at four years old, he still wants to go outside and roll around in the dirt. Like that's him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. I know I don't mind playing in the dirt. My, my eight year old will not go do that. 
Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. That doesn't mean my eight-year-old is less than my four-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, for for me, my wife has done a great job at just affirming my things. She calls me up and doesn't call me out. Mm. Okay, so there's explain things that. that. She's gonna call. Yeah, so I, I think if there are certain tendencies that I can become, I'll just, I'll give a case, I'll give you an example just for me. If I'm dealing with my children, my wife and I have different approaches. I'm definitely more like straight to the point. We're not going to beat around the bush. And I don't really allow a whole lot of time for like, I need you to explain it to me. This is a negative trait of Kenny. (laughs) She could easily, she could easily say and call me, call me out for those things. Mm -hmm. Every time you do this, you do this and, and you're angry and you, you don't think and you don't respond and you don't listen to them. You know, those like not listening. Okay. as a negative trait of some, some men, you know, I, I don't, I, I think I act before I think, you know, a negative, these aren't man traits. These are Kenny traits. These are negative things <laughs> about Kenny, Kenny that he needs to fix. Mm-hmm. And so she, she could easily call me out, make me feel shamed, make me feel condemned because I responded negatively. Instead, it's, and it's just, hey, hey, honey, what's what's bothering me today? You seem off. Mm-hmm. Because she knows that healthy Kenny, if I've had a bad day, and, and and or if my kids are having a bad day, it's all right. Let's get to the. It's our feelings are an indication that something is going on under the hood. It's like the engine light on a car. You know, it's an indicator. We if if we're acting out of character, if something seems off, it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, I'm being a negative dude. It just means, hey, there could be something off. Hey, are you okay? Like you seem, you seem a little cross with the kids. Mm-hmm. Not, not. How dare you treat the kids that way? And it There's just a, sounds it just, like your partners. Uh, really? Oh, absolutely. We're mm-hmm. we're in it together. She is, she is in our marriage, not to fix me, mm-hmm. not to make me better, but to love and serve, just as I'm in it to love and serve, and. And that's not a, he is better than me, I need to submit to him, and I can't speak. It's, hey, I love you, and this seems a bit off. This Mm -hmm. is unlike you. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? And same thing with my boys. Like, if they're emotional, like, it's not going to be, hey, get over it, deal with it, just toughen up, man. Like, you don't need to, no, no, it's, hey, what's, tell me about that. What's what's causing you to be that way? Is something bothering you? You know, instead of too often... I think for a lot of, for some boys, it's get over it, toughen up. Like, you don't, like, real men don't cry, which that's not, I think, what we need. Mm -hmm. But that's my opinion. We need to be embraced. We need to be affirmed. We need to be told it's okay. If, if we're an outdoors guy, go be outdoors. Embrace it. Make time for it. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't neglect it as if it's a negative thing. If they're not that, if they're just a sport, I'm, I personally am not a sports guy. Mm-hmm. I don't watch sports. Mm-hmm. I could care less. Yeah. Most of the guys in my life watch sports, care about sports. I am in no conversation. <laughs> I learned, I learned, Kenny I learned out. sports. Yeah. I, I'm like, I can't talk about this. I just, sorry guys. You yeah. know, I just, it's just not me. Mm-hmm. You know, like my wife doesn't make me go to sports events because I need to be like all the other guys. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's just Kenny. That's just who he is. So that's, I was never raised to be in sports. Yeah. So that's wives and moms. Talk to then women, maybe just in the workplace, because sometimes I think that there is women 
and and I've been guilty of this too, we can see men as competition instead of our allies. So how do you think awesome. men and women can best function together to not see each other as competition, but that we are better together? Man, uh, well, part of this is going to be creating healthy conversation again. I think that all comes down to everything. Mm. If there's unhealth, if there's unhealth, if it, let's just say it's a workplace. If it's an unhealthy, toxic environment, that's going to be difficult to, to create. Mm-hmm. The conversation first needs to start with, we need to be healthy. Now, a healthy environment is men not trying to be competitive with other men and not trying to be better than anyone in there, and women not trying to be better than men because we all have different giftings and skill sets. Mm-hmm. And and collaborating together isn't my thoughts are better than yours or my ideas are better or your ideas are better, but allowing the space and the conversation to see those gifts and skill sets come out so that everyone can become better together. Because if that's not first embraced, then that part won't actually happen. And I, every organization should be working to create that type of environment. Mm-hmm. And I don't, th- I don't think that's happening enough. I think you're in right. In many spaces. Yeah. Um, and, and I think even the church world has done a, a bad job at that in many cases. Mm-hmm. Not not all churches, but a lot of churches have not done a great job at creating a space where we can work together and equal. And that, I think, is the first thing that needs to be fixed is when that happens, it's going to trickle down to create an environment where men and women can collaborate on equal terms in a healthy environment so that we can function better together because we are we are absolutely better together Mm -hmm. that's the way god intended it right and i and that's where we need to have that realization that that is what god intended and i guess it's easier for me to say because i didn't grow up in the church but i remember in the 90s the commercial of anything you can do i can do better you know what i mean and that's kind of how a lot of us at least my age anyway, kind of grew up. Well, that commercial, yeah. that that mantra is in our head that I have to be better than man. And maybe even some men think, well, I have to be better than women and that we do see each other as competition. But no, it is God created us, male and female, and each of us have a portion of God's image that the other one doesn't have. That's why we need each other to fulfill yeah. that. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, Kenny, you can find Kenny Cheeseman at Instagram, Facebook, and then uh, YouTube. What's your YouTube channel called again? So I have, well, I have Adventures of Team Cheesy and then Team just Kenny Cheesy. Cheeseman. God's Cheesiest. Got it. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to speak to? Oh, and I forgot your Greater Man podcast. So make sure you check out the Greater Man podcast where what? you're just kind of helping disciple men, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. Adding value and calling men up. Yeah. And so, is there anything absolutely. else that you would like to add to men, to fathers out there, or even ladies right now? I, I think the only thing I would add is, and I, and I said it earlier, but I, I don't think I could emphasize it enough. You know, don't get trapped, as man or woman, don't get trapped in isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, that that I think is what led too many people to create environments where they have to be better than something. Don't allow your past to define your future. Get healthy. Do whatever it takes to create a healthy environment and be the best that God is calling us to be. And that takes each other. And so men and women alike. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Again, I know we've talked about this before, but gender is under attack and we need to really as a church stand up and say gender is not a problem. Gender is a gift from God and we need to be who God created us to be. So thank you so much, Kenny. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate it, Rachel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to that episode of the Unique on Purpose podcast with Kenny Cheeseman. For all of you men out there, I hope you realize how important you are to our culture and the kingdom of God. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved, and because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you right back here next week.